Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have an absolutely humongous show for you today. We've got the big Warner HBO Max bombshell that they dropped on the movie industry. We've got Disney Investor Day, which just wrapped up about two hours ago, so that's hot off the presses. And we are reviewing a potential Oscar contender in David Fincher's latest Netflix original film titled Mank. We will give you all of that and more on this episode. We got no time to waste. Let's do it. on another fabulous episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your fabulous, wonderful co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. It feels like it has been many moons and many lifetimes since our last episode. And the roller coaster, flat circle, whatever you want to call it, that is 2020, waits for no man it just gets crazy. So like we go from last episode, we're like, and many episodes, let's be honest, struggling for news content, struggling for a movie to review. I mean, we like decided on that movie last time after like many discussions because we had no idea what to review. All of a sudden, Kirk, we've got an Oscar contender film to review. We've got enormous news and so much news, Kirk, that I am frankly concerned about our ability to get through all of it during this show yes yes Strap because in it's going to be outrageous this will be popcorn for breakfast for a seven hour episode ladies and gentlemen i mean so. i'm i'm legitimately concerned because it just crossed 10 20 p.m here central time <laughs> and uh, i have to work tomorrow so like yeah we got some stuff to do kirk so let's get into it I'm not going to waste time on pleasantries, Kirk. We know each other. We don't need to. We don't need to shoot the breeze. Let's just get after it. You well, know what I'm saying? Well, fine. I, I would have rather you wine and dined me, but I guess if I, I know, must, I know how you are, Kirk. I get it. But just listen, rush into things. Let's get a quick breakdown so you and I are on the same page. Mm-hmm. First, we're going to talk about Warner slash HBO Max. If you don't know what's going on there, guys. I suggest that you stand up because if you're sitting, you will find yourself standing because of the craziness that's happening there. It's really, really intense. Then we got Disney Investor Day, which holy smokes, is that just absurd. I, I like I just took notes for like three hours on everything that happened there. It was just insane. Then we're gonna talk Spider-Man 3. We're going to talk Spider-Man 3 and some casting news, some casting rumors. I'm talking juicy, juicy rumors, rare sirloin steak type rumors, mm. Kirk, that we're going to be discussing. Yum. Sounds delicious. Then we're going to review our Academy Award contender film, Mank, and then we're going to do a schoolyard pick of something. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. We're flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> we today. really are. We really are. Because Disney, those... I love Disney, but for them to just drop a mountain of news on us like that, 
on a recording day is actually really, really, it's just messed up. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would have appreciated a heads up that, oh yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna to drop 20 pieces of information. That's fine. No, it was like 200,000 pieces of information. Yeah, I was going to say, like at least. I, like, we just shared notes, Kirk, and we have like the longest Apple note that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like literally yeah. ever. I didn't know it, you could have this many lines in an Apple note because... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, is so there much- some sort of character limit on this or something? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much information. It's outrageous. Okay. Let's dive into it. Are you ready? I will. Get your hands ready. Hand. Get, your, get your thinking caps on, Kirk, because this first one we're going to have some lengthy discussion about. All right. Okay. So for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last two weeks... Warner Brothers, Warner Media dropped a nuclear bomb on the film industry last week. Here's what happened. Warner Media announced that along with Wonder Woman, which will be released on Christmas Day, um, all of their 2021 new release films will release in theaters and on HBO Max simultaneously. So you will have the option to either view the film on HBO Max or to see it in theaters. If you have an HBO Max subscription, these viewings come to you at no additional cost, which is different from what we've seen so far with the Disney Premier Access. So no additional costs. Additionally, that slate of films is absolutely enormous. It includes Denzel Washington's The Little Things, Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is an Oscar contender, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Dune, The Many Saints of Newark, King Richard, Matrix 4, and much, much more. You will be able to have the choice to either watch them in the comfort of your home or watch them in theaters. Now, they will only be on HBO Plus, HBO Max, HBO Plus. It might as well be, honestly. Coming let's, soon. let's be real. Yeah, right? <laughs> It'll only be on HBO Max for the first month of their premiere. So after the first month, the movies will be pulled down and then their theatrical run will continue. Kirk, let's dig into this. What's your reaction to this news? What was sort of your first initial thought whenever you, whenever you heard this? My gut reaction was pure excitement because if I could just sit in my pajamas on my couch and or on my iPad and watch these movies, what a great time. What a great time. Uh, that was first reaction. 30 seconds yeah. after, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to close the, all the movie theaters in the world. I so, had a similar feel. Because yeah. for you, like we, we do a movie podcast, obviously. So for me, I'm like selfishly... I get to watch these movies at my house for no additional costs. Like I still would prefer to see it in the theaters, but if I can do it at home for free, like that is a game changer for me. And so hearing that it's movies like Dune, you know, you know, some of these movies I would prefer to see in theaters, but things like space jam, which I know we're going to have to review. Like I don't need to see that in theaters. No. Um, and some things I want to watch immediately and then go see it in theaters like the suicide squad. Like I want to watch that as soon as it comes out. So, that to me was like, holy smokes, what an amazing life-changing thing. And I think for me it was like, if you've been watching this industry for the last really 10 years, ever since like 
I don't know how long ago Netflix like switched to mostly streaming. It's probably close to 10 years now. Um, and I would say that like, if you've been watching the industry at this time, it, everybody's been waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Yeah. Like everybody's been like, how much longer are consumers going to go be willing to go to the theater to see movies? Um, I think with a lot of things, the pandemic has accelerated things much faster than we would have thought. Like people moving to shopping on e-commerce and people like lots of things that we knew were coming as the digital age sort of moves on have been accelerated. And this is really no different, but it's still, even knowing that like we are all expecting this to happen at some point, this was like a huge shockwave, just like massive. Mm -hmm. And sure. The, uh, the bloodshed man, you know, the first, the first person through the wall is always going to get bloody and Warner is getting just hammered by the industry, by the consumers who are mixed on this. I don't know. Like, how do you think this is going to end up Kirk? Uh, not good. I really think we're, we're going to be looking at theaters closing the big theaters, the biggest ones closing at least 50% of their theaters, uh, because, so many people, uh, people younger than us, they're absolutely going to opt for uh, just yes. watching on their couch. They don't really care about the the actual interaction or or the experience. Now there are people who are wonderful and like us that are younger than us because we're not that old that will want that experience. But I would say that the general consensus, knowing some people in that age bracket, pshht, they don't care. They're just ready no. to roll. Uh, you know, one thing that I I kind of fear. Uh, one of the things that I love to do is like, as you know, is track like what actors and what and, and knowing all this thing. Well, now there's so much content. Yes. Is there really any are there really any movie stars anymore? Uh, I heard mm. recently that people consider Tom Cruise the last real movie star. Uh, and I think we could argue that a lot. Uh, but when when you think about the magnitude of, of what this is going to do for uh, for all of these wonderful buildings and all the jobs that go into these movie theaters that have been around forever. Like will is, will is crush them. I don't know. I don't know. It, and, and you're right. It, that's, that's the thing. Like I sort of thought, and, and this was everybody's gut reaction. Like if you were on the internet that night, I think it was like last Thursday or something like that. If you were on the internet, everybody was like making quips about how theaters are done. Like all, all these people were like selling their AMC stock. Like, it was mania, and everybody, the general consensus was like, theaters are dead, it's over. But then, like, as people got to, like, let it sit, let it marinate for a little bit, it kind of started to be like you saw these people saying, pushing back a little bit and being like, no, we want the theaters, we want the experience. And all of a sudden, the industry started to push back. There were rumors of, like, you know, certain agencies suing uh, Warner. There was some ugly nastiness between Warner and some of their directors and actors because they weren't properly informed and they, right. that this goes against what they wanted. Like Denis Villeneuve found out in the news and he's releasing Dune, which is like a huge franchise. Right. And, and he like, that's bad. That's just bad PR. I don't know how you let that happen. That is really bad. Uh, Chris Nolan obviously didn't feel like he was adequately informed. He was ticked off. You know, we all know how much, how hard he fought for Tenet to get it in theaters. But I just think, like, now I'm in the point where I don't know where this ends. Like, 
there's basically two scenarios. One, this is a smash success for Warner. HBO Max subscriptions go through the roof. Their revenue and their profitability goes through the roof. And other companies start following suit. And we see exactly what you were talking about, where theaters are closing, people won't go. It's bad. The other scenario is Warner goes out on a limb by themselves and the market smashes them. They don't get the answers that they want in subscriptions. The movie theaters all turn on them. The Academy, you know what I mean? Like all of those institutions and governing bodies turn on them. Directors won't direct for them. Actors won't act like bloodbath. That like right. that that is the only two ways I see this going down. Yeah. Now the smart thing that they've done is that they when this launches, they they will cancel their free trial. So you will not be able to yeah. uh, so think about Hamilton. When Hamilton dropped, Disney Plus made a made an error. Anyone could get their free subscription to Disney Plus to watch Hamilton. And yep. numbers spiked and they you know, some people stayed, but they did trickle off a little bit. So yeah. That's that's smart on their part. The other part is we don't know all the financing and all of the royalties that go in that one month um, from HBO's viewership. We also know it's nearly impossible to figure out what a watch includes. So Netflix has exposed themselves as two minutes equals a full watch. They count that as a full watch. That that's impossibly inaccurate. I start stuff all the time and never finish it. So that's that's not accurate data. Uh, So. The, the the unknown of this is astronomical. And one, one more thing, because I'm I'm just ready to chat tonight, Cameron. Yeah, which is no, let's for let's the, let's lay it all out there. Perfect for the volume that we have in all the Disney information. <laughs> Let me just take this mic. Is that I'm sorry, but I can't remember any date I went on as a high schooler um, or a college kid that didn't involve a movie. Uh, yeah. so like what are the kids gonna do? What are they gonna do? Like I can't fathom not tying in a movie. It's such an easy gateway to go awkward teenagers or first dates. And you're like, let's go watch this cool movie that we both agree on or don't. And I don't know. There's just yeah. there's something magical about the movie theater that I don't want to die. I agree. And I think it's interesting. Um, something I hadn't, re- that's, that's something I had not thought about before. Cause I guess I'm just like, cynical or I just think of things like very business, like very like black and white. But Denis Villeneuve said in his little op-ed that he did for Variety where he just smacked Warner and HBO Max, like just smack. It was rough. He basically said like he truly believes that film, like film in theaters has a place in our society for forever because there is this like people have always had a communal viewing experience of art. Like they have always done that and people like it for the social aspect. What you're talking about exactly going out, being amongst people, experiencing something, experiencing something in in a more epic way than you can at your house. Like there's something to be said for that. It's just, (laughs) I question American consumers now. Like I, I feel like I don't understand what people want because if I think logically, I'm thinking this is going to work. People are going to subscribe to HBO Max to see their new movies. They're going to not go to theaters. Like this is going to change the game. Like that's what I think in my logical mind. But there is this element that you're talking about, Kirk. This like this unknown element where you think something's going to go a certain way, and then all of a sudden it flops. Like there have been tons of huge business risks throughout our lives where people have gone out on a limb and it's flopped. You know, like. 
it, it's just as likely that that happens. Quibi. Quibi is what we're talking about, there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Quibi's officially dead, by the way. Like, the app is gone and everything. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very sad. It's, and so this, this, to me, is very much a corporate decision. Like, this came down from AT&T. And, and I'm sure Warner was very hesitant to it. But AT&T was like, listen, we're going to please the shareholders, and this is how we do it. People love a subscription model. They love it. It's easy cash flow, easy to match how easy to measure how much revenue you've got in. You've got basically one metric to look at, which is subscriptions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, investors like that, people, you know, people like that. And right now, HBO Max is a flop. They have 8.6 million people logged in, which is super small. Yeah. They've got another like 25 plus million people out there who have access to the platform that have not activated their accounts. Is that a oh. mind-blowing number? Yeah. Yes. They, just, they have it because AT&T like gave out free packages to people and people who were already getting HBO like get it. It's all due to that terrible rollout that AT&T did for HBO Max. It was confusing. People were like... I've got HBO and there's HBO Go and HBO Now. Now there's HBO Max. Like, what is this? And that totally hurts them. It does. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember trying to, when HBO Max came out, I, I honestly tried to log into HBO Go, not thinking twice. I'm like, why is, why is this not working? Like <laughs> the, old, the old grandpa that I was, like, what? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it is, it's a confusing situation because all of those apps still exist also. For some yes. reason, HBO Now, HBO Go, like figured out, consolidate guys, get this rolling. I, I can't fathom that number, the 8.1 to 26. I, I don't understand how that's even It's crazy. Possible. It's crazy. So you've got a low number of subscribers. And the other thing that I think hinders them right now is that they have a premium price point, but they don't necessarily have a premium product. Like, is their product... Now, I love HBO content. I always have. I love their shows. I love their limited series. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan. But is it worth $15 a month whenever you can get Disney Plus for $6.99, when you can get Netflix Netflix for $11.99? Like, is it worth that much? And I think the consumer has said a resounding no so far. You know, I think they might have, if they would have pulled the trigger when at the height of one of their flagship shows, then it would be a better success yeah. than it is now. So good you're call, talking, like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones should have been their moment to shine. Like the, I would say the second to last season, right before that that one premiered, it should they should have rolled this bad boy out. Now, of course, they would have had to have the creative juices to know that they wanted to go that direction, and you know, yeah. so many things. But they should have because they already had one of the six apps that they have already mm -hmm. out. So they should have, they should have, you know, made it happen. Um, but they don't have that right now. I can't think of a single show where people are flocking to HBO max to say, you got to watch this unless it's old content that are kind of like timeless, like the Sopranos or the wire, the yeah. wire, those big shows, or people finally watching game of Thrones, you know, there's, there's just that. So, uh, it's it's bad timing. It really is. Uh, and now they're they're up against more bad timing and scrutiny. <laughs> yeah, it, it really it's. And honestly, the other thing I was going to say is I think I almost think that HBO in front of the name hurts them. Oh, really? Like I, I know. I know they've kicked it around. OK, so here's the thing. I think it's like a live by the sword, die by the sword. Like HBO means something to a certain subsection of consumers. And to those people, it means 
it means a lot. It means premium content. It means exclusive access. It means, I don't know, like elite level, cerebral. I don't know. It's it's like a badge of honor. People who watch HBO love the fact that they watch HBO. They, yeah. you know, they always have. But to the other people, it signals something else, which is, oh, I don't have HBO. I don't pay for HBO, so I'm not going to get that. Like, I think, I think some people are mentally blocking it out because they're like, oh, that's HBO. You know, I've never had HBO. I can't afford HBO. And Dude, so you, they don't really see it as like a separate thing. That sounds just like iPhone versus Android. Oh, it's, you know, it's a Galaxy 7. It's it's not an iPhone. You know, you have to like defend yourself. <laughs> yes, I, yes. But, but more so what you're saying, yeah, they people can, you know, you see Apple as the elite and people who have Android, they have to kind of talk their way into, into people thinking it's okay. But in the HBO agreement it's like i don't know there's not as much social disdain but there is an eliteness at the same time yes. it's such a, a strange pocket of society it is and i think those are your 8.6 million people <laughs> I, you know i really i really do i think it's that you know i think they banked on that subsection of of people being larger and it's not mm-hmm. um so i don't know this is this is a mess this is a mess and i think you know, it's it's so funny because when Wonder Woman news comes out that it's releasing in theaters and on HBO Max, everybody's like, yay, this is awesome. Even AMC was like, oh, this is so great. You know, they're giving us a chance. They didn't just put it on HBO Max. They're like running it side by side. This is so awesome. And then like two weeks later, they just pull the rug out on everybody and people are ticks. I mean, all the theater chains are smashing them. Their directors are smashing them. They're getting calls from... Margot Robbie's agent being like, how come you told Gal Gadot and you didn't tell us? You know, like, yep. it's just chaos. So it'll be really interesting to watch how this plays out. Really, Indeed. really interesting. All right, we'll keep you guys posted on that one, but I'm sure you'll see it in the news. And we've got a long way to go before we see the light on exactly how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. All right, next up. Disney Investor Day. So mm. Disney still had... So in the past, they've sort of like rolled out their big Marvel news at Comic-Con. And last year they had D23, which is like the Disney members uh, expo. So they've done things like that in the past. With COVID, they've sort of funneled all of this into their Disney Investor Day, which was a basically just a a web program, kind of like you saw with Comic-Con this year, like you saw with, um, what was the DC one called? DC. DC Fandom. Yep. It was very similar to all of that, only on a scale that is pretty much hard to define and absolutely massive. And it's called Disney Investor Day, so you, so I actually thought that it was like exclusive to people who invested. Like they send you a link, and I don't know, I don't know what I thought, but it was free online, and I eventually found the link and started watching along. So um, you can go back and find it and watch the whole stream if you want to see all the exciting like trailer releases and how they tease things. Cause they, they do a lot of, you know, it's kind of like an Apple keynote. Like they do a lot of glitz and yeah. glamor and, and showmanship, which is kind of fun to watch. But with it came just heaping gobs of news that we're going to go through now. Um, and I want to tell you guys to brace yourselves because we, you know, Kirk and I are committed to getting you guys all the information. And I mean, mm. all of the information. So some of these things we're going to go through quick. Some of these things we might linger on for a little bit because we're personally interested in, but we want to make sure you guys have all the info you need 
to talk to your friends and to sound intelligent and do whatever you need to do. We want to make sure that this is a nice, easy way for you to get your info. And okay. to mark your calendars and to listen yeah, to mark soothing your cal- voices. Most yes, yeah. yes, Kirk. But all of those things. So a couple of housekeeping things. Disney owns Fox now. They own Fox, and that includes all of Fox's digital properties, You know, all of the rights to the movies and stuff that they had. So you're going to hear some stuff that you're like, eh, is that Disney? It is now. Okay, so that's going on. Um, with that comes FX. Disney also owns Hulu. Disney also owns ESPN. We're not going to talk any ESPN because that doesn't really dip its toes into like movies and TV, but we will talk FX and Hulu, and I think that's where we'll start so that we can sort of take baby steps into this because there's a lot to get to. Okay, so on the FX side, there is an Alien series in the works that is going to be showrun by Noah Hawley, who did Legion, and he also did Fargo. So he's like FX royalty. And Ridley Scott is coming on to produce it, and that series is going to take place on Earth. So that's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with that. But like, I think Alien is pretty played out, but like... Maybe Noah Hawley has some new, some new uh, flavor to bring to that series. Maybe it's like a War of the Worlds. Like they were here the whole time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be cool. That could be cool. They're, Paranoia is at an all-time high, so let's capitalize on it. Um, <laughs> then this one, Kirk. This is so odd. It's called Reservation Dogs. Okay, this Co- one. <laughs> yeah, this co-created by me. Taika Waititi, who did What We Do in the Shadows, which is a big FX hit. And that's coming out in 2021. It So the logo looks exactly like Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs, only with, I guess, Native Americans? Yes. Is that, is that basically the plot? I looked at this for so long, longer than I want to admit, trying to figure out where my eyes going bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this means. I, I just know... Obviously, he's playing off of Reservoir Dogs. There's no other. There's no other meaning that anyone would attach to that. So, Taika Waititi, yeah. you sly dog, you. <laughs> what's happening in this show? Yeah. So Taika Waititi is of he's of Maori descent, which is an indigenous people from New Zealand. Yeah. And so this is like a show about indigenous people from America. So that's kind of cool. But it's like. Is this is this like a scary movie like parody type thing? That's what it like. That's what it looks like, but it's hard to know exactly what's going on. So we'll keep you guys posted, but the concept already has me and Kirk laughing, so it's bound to be awesome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I basically could set this next one as just like a reminder on my phone. Always Sunny in Philadelphia was renewed for four more seasons. The show will never go away. Listen to I me. will be I, dead and gone, and that show will still be happening. I didn't know that show was still on. I mean, you've got Law and Order SVU going into like its twenty eighth <laughs> season. Supernatural yeah. hit eighteen seasons. Uh, Cops was at, you know like forty seasons. Like, is is this their goal? Is that their only purpose? Why they're still on? I mean, I'm it sure could it's be. still funny. But what? I had no clue that it was still happening. No, dude, clue. they're they're like the Dave Matthews band of shows. (laughs) Like they have this enormous cult like following people who don't get it. Just don't get it. People who do get it are like, will die for it. And that's it. Like it will just always be there. Yeah. (laughs) It's just what it is. Are you in it? Do you watch it regularly? 
No, I don't. I've, yeah, I've only seen it in I've only seen it in passing. So I feel like it's like this counterculture that I'm just like not a part of. Yeah, like our invitations never got to our mailboxes, yeah. right? Yeah. So like I even if we tried to join, like we wouldn't be accepted at this point. <laughs> they would push us out. Like get out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I tried to I tried to watch it. It'd probably be on, been on for 16 seasons when I started watching the first season. I just couldn't. I don't know. Like it's funny. It's good, but. I don't know. There's sometimes you just got to catch the train at the right time. And I think that's so true. That's so true, man. Um, okay. Now on the Hulu side of the biz, nine perfect strangers starring Nicole Kidman and Melissa McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy is releasing on Hulu. I think that's a movie. I think so too. Yeah. I think it's a movie. Uh, man, Nicole Kidman still just in everything. (laughs) She's all over the place, man. Oh yeah, you've got you got Linda Cardellini who's been in every single giant movie and yeah. uh, and TV series. Well, I think Nicole Kidman's like, I can do that. Let's go. You know. Yeah, she she can absolutely do that. Um, here's another one. Uh, Only Murders in the Building is an original series coming to Hulu, starring Selena Gomez. Um, I think there are some other like interesting cast members on that one. Let me. Yes, I believe it's Steve Martin. Yes, Steve and Martin. Martin. Short. <laughs> Oh, is it if Martin I, Short? If I remember correctly. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yes, you're right. Because they had Steve a stage Martin show and Martin Short with each other for the longest time. So that advertisement's pretty pretty hilarious because you have these two comedy geniuses and then you have Selena Gomez who is just like, you know, the new like kind of sweetheart if you will and it's like, well, yeah. what's happening here? How does she fit in with this? <laughs> yeah. None of them so, look alike. Like what's happening? Yeah, what is happening for real? Um so that's a Hulu original series, so that's one to keep an eye on. And then the news you were all waiting for. <laughs> the Kardashian Jenners are back with a new global content, multi year, multi empire deal to stream exclusively on Hulu. Who knows? Who <laughs> I mean, who knows? And also who cares? I mean, I, I think there are people who care, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this, but man, I am so tired of them and you know, you know, whatever. All all the power to them, but like you know, I wish that we as a society could turn our chap turn the page on the chapter of Kardashian content and just be done. Yeah. I mean, I never indulged on any of their content, even when it was like the biggest deal. Yeah. Uh, I was so excited when their show ended, but I had no idea it was ending to start this. Like, that's not fair. I thought we were getting a break. I thought so too. I really <laughs> did. I really did. That really isn't fair. You're right. They should have taken a longer break before they. Then it would have been okay. Yeah. You know, we've been we've been bamboozled, and and for <laughs> Disney for Disney to be the ones to employ them is just like, come on, guys. You are Let's the chosen one, Disney. <laughs> you were supposed to destroy the Kardashians, not <laughs> join them, not pay them. So true. It's so true. Okay, we're out of FX Hulu. We made it. Let's move over to Disney live action. I'm going to call this Disney live action, I guess, even okay. though like some of this stuff is animated, but it's not under the Disney animation studios umbrella. Just okay? call this Disney reboot with people because it's all. <laughs> yes. Good. Good point. Uh, so the mighty ducks game changers is coming. It's a series and it's picking up exactly where the films left off, which is, I don't know where there were a few of those movies. Uh, but Emilio Estevez is back as Gordon Bombay and Lauren Graham of uh, Gilmore Girls fame is joining. So that's coming to Disney plus. Yes. We've got Hocus Pocus two confirmed to Disney plus, which, which feels like slightly late, 
on that train. Like the Hocus Pocus stuff, I feel like was at an all time high this year. <laughs> you know, like people were talking about it more than they like ever have. Yeah. But that's happening. That might have um, been, uh, what, what do they call it? Um, fan casted, you know, I mean. Seriously. Fan like fan service. Yeah, fa- yeah. A, fan, a total fan service because it's been, uh, they should have anticipated it sooner. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, so <laughs> they they should have. Like should've. you said, it was at a tight, they should have had the forethought to say 2020. That's it. You know, six years ago. So come on. It's so true. Um, they are remaking Three Men and a Baby starring Zac Efron. That's coming to Disney Plus exclusively on t- in 2022. I'm in. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I like Zac Efron. I, I don't know what it is. I've, I've always liked him. He never fell out of my good graces. I was never like one of those people who just like hated him. I've just always loved him. And let me reiterate, I said it on a couple episodes ago, the moment in 17 again in the court scene where he is crying is one of the most beautiful scenes in film. Go watch it. It's perfect. Go ahead. Amazing. Amazing. So maybe maybe we'll get something like that in this Three Men and a Baby remake. Who knows? We will. Now here's another buzzword. We're getting a reimagining of Cheaper by the Dozen starring Gabrielle Union. Shout out to Dwayne Wade. That's, that's Dwayne Wade's wife. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah, exciting stuff. Gabrielle Union is a good actress. I'm not at all excited about a remake of <laughs> Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> I mean, we uh, didn't they do two of those with uh, Steve, with Steve Martin? Martin? Yes, yes. Yeah, and neither Hunt. of those were good. So. No, Hillary Duff, <laughs> Tom Welling. Yeah, Tom Welling was in that too, man. He was riding that Smallville wave. <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah. Uh, ba- that I movie's mean, like a time capsule. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a time capsule. Like, here are the things that were important to us back in 19 or like 2002. Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Smallville. Smallville. Dude, Smallville, though, let's be real. Smallville was Lituation Station. That yes. show was awesome. I love when you say that phrase. It's so great. It was the, it was the best. It was the best. Yeah. Gabrielle Union, you can do better. You can do better. And I hope we see something. I hope this fails and then you get something better yeah. than this. I agree. I hope it fails, but not because of Gabrielle Union. Correct. So then she can be like, look at that dumpster fire of a movie you guys gave me. You owe me. Exactly. Okay. Then we've got Disenchanted, which is a sequel to Enchanted, and Amy Adams is back, and that's coming exclusively to Disney+, Plus, which I was a little bit surprised by. This feels like a theatrical release to me. It does, which makes me worried because Enchanted 1 perfection it's so, so good. good it is very good underrated for sure so it makes me worried i mean is there a possibility that when everything is safe that these get released to theater like coming now the full theatrical release i feel like that could be a thing for some of these do you think they're like playing it close to the vest just to like kind of hedge their bet yeah, like in case everyone dies from the vaccine <laughs> instead of gets better. <laughs> Half I hope of the, that doesn't happen. In case some sort of Thanos-like event happens, they could be like, hey, you guys could just stream this at home. It'll be fine. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I feel like you're, you're spot on. I agree. This feels like a theater movie. Okay, I can I can dig that. I I, I would be down to see some of these in theaters. Um, Sister Act 3 is in the works. Whoopi Goldberg returning. That will premiere on Disney+. Plus. Um, and now we've got some live action news. 
So Pinocchio live action, which has long been rumored, is now official. Will be directed by Robert Zemeckis, who is a fantastic director, but someone who's kind of like, in my opinion, it's like, what have you done for me lately, Robert Zemeckis? Mm. You know what I'm saying? But this was this feel this. I think this was fan casting before it became real. Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Yes, yes. There's there's also I don't think it. I guess it has to be Disney, but wasn't there a uh, a Robert Downey Jr. Pinocchio Geppetto in the works at some point too. Like, so is there is another Pinocchio movie in the works coming from um, not Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, who's the Pan's Labyrinth guy? Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. That's that's happening. Okay. Yeah, that's bonkers to me that we're gonna and get. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that is Robert Downey Jr. Oh, but I don't know. Let me let me let me look that up real quick. But Robert Zemeckis, you know, like he's done some incredible things, but he's also like he's done some weird things. You know, he's done some weird things. When you've he's been in the biz things. for that long, you're gonna do some weird things. You know, it's true. This is how I feel about um, this is how I feel about Ron Howard now. Like, yeah, Robert Ron Howard is in this territory for me where it's like, okay, but like let's look at your recent track record, dog. Like. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Robert Zemeckis, Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, Flight. Castaway. Uh, Castaway. Uh, but then he also did Welcome to Marwin. He was a producer on that. Uh, oh, he did He did Beowulf, which, yikes. Ouch. Um, yeah, there's some stinkers. There's some stinkers. So that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to be overly excited about this just because it has Robert Zemeckis' name on it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he did a Christmas Carol. Um, <laughs> oh, well, okay. I, I, so I forget the, the Guillermo Express. del Toro one. Yeah, is Pinocchio, and it's got Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Ewan McGregor is Jiminy Cricket, yeah. Finn Wolfhard is in it. David Bradley is Geppetto. So this is going to be strange. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is like, Ewan McGregor Jimmy I, I don't know, Kirk. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a question that we all need the answer to. Um Yeah. And that's coming out in twenty twenty one. So soon. Okay. Should be interesting to say right. the very least. Sorry, I and that's it. also just called Pinocchio. So there we go. Oh yeah, that's not difficult at all. Oh, let's go no. watch Pinocchio. Uh, which of the six do you want to do, bro? Uh, yeah, the thing is, like, was anybody clamoring for a Pinocchio live-action movie? And now we're getting two. Now we're getting two, like, within a year of each other. Yeah, not me. That's just that's just dumb. Okay. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy live-action. We, we've heard about this one because Yaro Shahidi was cast as Tinkerbell. And that... That was sort of like the first big story that came out. But the new news is that Jude Law has been cast as Captain Hook. Are you a Jude Law fan, Kirk? I am a huge Jude Law fan. I think that I think that in his heyday, he could do no wrong. And then Agreed. he made some really bad personal choices, as celebrities always do. And real people, you know. But Well, they just cast him in like these weird gadget roles, I feel like. Weird gadget. You know, what do you mean? Like, Already. like just like things that like sound really cool, mm-hmm. but like in reality aren't. Like, like the um, the whole like young Dumbledore thing. 
Yeah. That was weird. You know, he they just put him in like weird spots where it's like, eh, I like Jude Law, but that's kind of a weird role. Yeah. Where I see him shining is kind of like the Colin Farrell effect. So Colin Farrell uh, came out guns a blazing and then was terrible in like six movies. Well, then he switched to like indie stuff and like weird stuff. And he yes. was able to like figure himself out. And now he's back to mainstream, which is great because he's I've always loved him. Jude Law has had the same effect, only he had a, a longer success in the, yes. in the spotlight. And then he went to kind of like offbeat things like Repo Men. That's one of my favorite movies. It's so fun and so strange uh, where he's like a like a bounty hunter, like claiming back organs. And he's just he's so fascinating. He's so good. He's in Captain Marvel, uh, which he was. Incredible. Yeah, he was great. He was great in that. You can't discount him. He, you can't you can't knock him down. So him as Captain Hook. I think it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, I think it should be interesting. I'm excited about that. Um, okay, and then we finally had the full cast for the Little Mermaid live action revealed, which a lot of this stuff we already knew just based on leaks and things like that. So Halle Bailey, of course, is Little Mermaid. We knew about or Ariel. We knew about that. Davi Diggs is playing Sebastian. Javier Bardem, which Davi Diggs, by the way, for any Hamilton stands, that's Thomas Jefferson slash Lafayette on the original Broadway cast. Javier Bardem is playing King Triton. Um, King, uh, Jacob Tremblay is Flounder. Aquafina is Scuttle. Melissa McCarthy is Ursula, duh. And <laughs> Jonah Hauer King is Prince Eric. Excellent. Which I think is like, we knew all, we like knew all of that, except for there were like some Harry Styles rumors as Prince Eric, but then that didn't end up coming through. Bummer. It is a bummer. It, yeah, I mean, the world is missing out there. Like, no, no offense to Jonah Howard King, but like, Harry Styles is is a treasure. Yes. So, there, there's that. <laughs> okay, this one made me smile really big. Um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie is coming to Disney Plus. It's going to be like a hybrid live action animated type thing, and John Mulaney is Chip, and Andy Samberg is Dale. And Seth Rogen is in there somewhere, which, like, why? But also, yes, please. <laughs> oh, it's just so wonderful. It's, like, my favorite comedians. Like, there's nothing better than this. Yeah, are they going to, like, raise their voices really high to make them sound like Chippendale? Or is it going to be, like, actual John Mulaney and actual Andy Samberg? What if, uh, because it's a hybrid, what if suddenly Chip and Dale become people in the people world Ooh. and they have, they're still like they're adapting to their humanhood and they're doing chipmunk things. Like, I don't know. I could see that just being incredible. <laughs> if that's happening, then we need James Marsden. Yes. <laughs> Cause he, he just, that's his, that's his shtick. You know, he just, <laughs> that's what he does. That's what he does, man. Like that's his whole <laughs> like weird animated creature coming of age movies. That's his genre right there. He owns the market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be a fun one. Um, the Lion King. So this is, this is interesting. We talked about this earlier. So Barry Jenkins had been linked. So Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight, uh, fantastic director, had been linked to a new project that was based off of The Lion King. We kept hearing it was a sequel. It's actually a prequel to The Lion King, um, which adds some intrigue to that. And this is a prequel to the live-action Lion King, not the animated film, which the live-action is also animated, so that is super confusing. So do yes. with that information what you will. 
But that's that's interesting. I think I'm actually more interested now that it's a prequel. Yeah, and not is a sequel. It, is it going to be like what? What actually put the wedge between Mufasa and Jafar? Jafar. Well, I think <laughs> I'm Jafar. Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a crazy crossover event. Very ambitious. Just I like the way you there. think, Kirk. <laughs> I think, dude. We talked about it before, and it sounds ridiculous, but like. I think they're going to go into like <laughs> some of that like lore, some of the like lion guard type lore where it's like the kings of the past who are up in the sky. You know what I'm talking about? Like they could totally dig into that stuff. They could. <laughs> it would like be... Mufasa's family lineage and stuff. Like they could totally go and get, get weird with it. Yes. I wonder if it's, will it be a musical? I guess we'll see. Yeah. Good question. So many questions about this project. So many. Um, Okay, so there's that one. And then rapid fire on a couple of Disney ones. Night at the Museum animated sequel is officially in the works, which that makes no sense because it's like animated and sequel? Huh? (laughs) Give us Ben Stiller or give us death. That's what I say. Uh, (laughs) An Ice Age spinoff series is in the works at Disney Plus, which like who asked for that? No one. Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid animated movie is in the works at Disney Plus, which is actually like... Kind of funny because those those books are wildly successful, and I think the live action movies did really really well. So I'm surprised that they're turning to animated, but it should it's an interesting one to watch. Mm-hmm. And then a Swiss Family Robinson reboot is in the works for Disney Plus as well. It is, and all of those projects, unless otherwise stated, are going to Disney Plus. The ones that I don't think are going straight to Disney Plus are like. Probably the Little Mermaid, the Lion King prequel, and that might be it mm-hmm. for now. Um, okay, so that's Disney. Moving on to Disney Animation Studios. First big story is Raya and the Last Dragon, which is a movie that we've been tracking for a while, um, is coming to theaters and Disney Plus premiere access on March 5th, 2021. So Disney Plus is running it back on the premiere <laughs> access. They say, let's fire it up again and see what happens this time. The same thing. The same thing will happen. Yeah, I think the results will be underwhelming because if the theaters are open, I'll be darned if I'm paying $30 to watch that movie at, at my home. It's just not going to happen. I'll pay $50 for the movie theater as opposed to watching that <laughs> to give a dollar to your Disney Plus for their crooked scheme. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, this is a really interesting project. Disney is pairing up with a pan-African entertainment company called Kugali. I think, I don't know, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but they're teaming up for a movie that I will also butcher the pronunciation of that's called Iwaju, and that's releasing on Disney Plus in 2022. The animation uh, style looks really cool. And as far as I know, this is the first time that Disney Animation Studios has paired with an outside company since Pixar, since their Pixar engagement started. So that's really interesting. That's huge. Um, and that'll be, that'll be a project to watch. And that one's coming to Disney+. Plus. And finally, we are getting some Disney Animation Studios series. We're getting some animated series. This is cool. Um, for Disney Plus, we're getting a Baymax series, which will pick up immediately after the events of Big Hero 6, so that's cool. Um, we're getting a series called Zootopia Plus and a series called Tiana, which is an offshoot of The Princess and the Frog, starring Princess Tiana. Um, those are all coming to Disney Plus in 2022. 
And we are getting a Moana series in 2023. Look out. Let's go Baymax. I'm all in on Baymax, Moana. And I hope they do Tiana justice because she doesn't get enough. She doesn't get the, the credit she deserves, man. So hopefully they, I agree. they fix her character. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And this feels right to me. Like this, you know, you worry about like, there's like a reorganization happening at Disney. There's a changing of the guard. You know, you've got Bob Chappick in, Bob Iger on the way out, though he's still like chairman of the board. There's a lot of moving pieces there. But I think it's a really smart play to get some Disney animated original series going with characters that mean something to kids today. You know, Zootopia and Moana. Like, those are things that kids watch today. And this is what we grew up with, Kirk. You know, we had Goof Troop. We had, uh, you know, like DuckTales and Tailspin. You know, we had, like, all these shows. And there was, like, the the Aladdin show. There was the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Like... All of the characters that we watched on big screens, you know, in movie theaters as kids, like they were also TV shows on on Disney Channel that we watched as well. So I think this is a good move. Yep, I agree. Yeah, very excited. I'm stoked about the Moana one. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) All right, moving on to Pixar. Pixar's got some big ones, so strap in. Luca, which we already knew about, is the Pixar movie that's next to hit theaters. That's coming July 2021. That's the one where the kid is like in Italy and he's like best friends with the sea monster or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks pretty slick. They revealed like a little teaser trailer that gave us a little closer look at that movie and it looks like it's coming together really well. Pixar is rolling out their very first animated series, which is going to be called Win or Lose, and it follows a middle school softball team in the week leading up to a championship game and each episode of that series is going to be told from the perspective of a different character. So that sounds pretty cool. I love the idea of that. That sounds super cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're getting an up spinoff, which is the first time anything's been done with the up character since that movie came out and was nominated for best picture, by mm-hmm. the way, um, called Doug days that focuses on Doug, the dog who is a much beloved character and absolutely hilarious. So that'll yes. be fun. Um, oh, this one, Kirk. In in I think it's Encanto. Encanto. It's a Colombian film with music from Lin Manuel Miranda, mm. and it's by Pixar. And I think it's coming out in 2022. It might be 2023, but they showed like the smallest, tiniest teaser, and I just got in the heights vibes from the music, and I was like, "This is gonna be amazing, so good." He can do no wrong. Yeah, and he was like, we've been working on the music for this for three years. I'm so excited for you guys to see it. I was like, "Put like, take my money. I want it. I want yeah. it so bad. Um, okay, a car sequel. <laughs> We're getting a car sequel for Disney+. Plus. It doesn't sound like it's going to theaters. It sounds like it's going straight to Disney+. Plus. It is. I, this is a, a road trip, I believe. A road trip with uh, Lightning McQueen and Mater. Uh, yeah. Just like on a little journey, um, which... Let's do it because those those two need some time together. They were barely together. They had some friction in Cars 2. And in Cars yep. 3, we saw them together for like, I don't know, four minutes max of screen time. So uh, they need some time. They need some time to regroup. And uh, I'm hoping that it does better for the Cars franchise. Yeah, I think it would be cool. And, and yeah, I think it's it's so weird like what happens with Lightning McQueen over the course of that series. Like, He's this incredible race car who like wins all these piston cups, but we never witness it. We never witness him like winning the big race. He's always like, yeah, it's, it's really a weird thing. And 
like compared to Cars 1, the sequels were just totally blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need to do something different there. Yep. <laughs> this project looks really cool. So Domi Shi, who is the Academy Award winning director of that short film Bao about the like dumpling that comes to life. It's really an, an interesting little short, but very cool and inventive. She is directing a film um, called Turning Red in which the there's like this awkward teenager who every time she gets too excited, she turns into a giant red panda, <laughs> which just sounds awesome. And the panda is like super cute. So I'm, I'm fired up about that one. It looks awesome. I'm much more intrigued by that than that short. That short, it gives me nightmares. It's odd. Isn't it odd? <laughs> uh, when, I, yeah. When she like eats him, <laughs> it's so disturbing. She contemplates <laughs> it. She stares him in the eyes and just looks. And, and then, then she's like, like, yeah, I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat you so I can protect you. Like I get oh. the meaning, but man, is it strange. I don't like <laughs> it's it. It's very strange. <laughs> um, that movie, Turning Red, comes to theaters March 11th, 2022. Then this one kirk okay let me sorry let me bury that one till the very end there's one more there's pixar popcorn which is a series of shorts um on disney plus featuring characters from toy story coco the incredibles finding dory car soul and up Mm -hmm. okay and now for the big one we're getting a film called lightyear which is okay help me explain this kirk so Buzz Lightyear is a toy in the Toy Story series. But yes. he is a toy that is presumably based off of like some sort of TV show character or movie character. And this movie tells the story of that Buzz Lightyear, like mm-hmm. in his actual real world, like with Zerg and with the Galactic Alliance and all of that stuff. That's right. Is that fair to say? That's very fair to say. Uh, think of it as uh, Top Gun... <laughs> Uh, yes made into a kid's movie i don't know that's what this feels like it it did have that vibe and and chris evans is voicing that version of buzz lightyear and that comes to theaters june 17th 2022 and that looks awesome i just uh, let's get past 2021 i know that we need to like get through our feelings of what happened in 2020 or that we can do that in 2021 yeah i just want to i just want to fast forward to june 17th 2022 because that it's going to be so great and it's a movie it's a movie it is a movie it is a movie so and i really hope that my kid is or at least one of my kids is still interested in toy story because marshall like loves toy story right now and loves he was buzz Lightyear for halloween that's right and I'm just like, man, if you, if only I could uh, convey to you how awesome this is going to be. Like, it would be so cool for you. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just like, I'm very excited for him. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, we're, we'll drag all the kids because, or just, we'll just go with <laughs> two of us, whatever. I don't care. Uh, it's going to be a great moment. It will be. It will be. I'm very excited about it. Okay. That's it for Pixar. All right, Moving guys, we on. just have six more hours. and <laughs> We have so much more. <laughs> we have so much more. I hope we're going quick, but we're trying. Um, okay, Lucasfilm. We're getting a uh, movie called The Children of Blood and Bone. It's like based on some bestseller. I know nothing about it, so I'm not going to talk about it, but it's coming to Disney+. Plus. If you're into that sort of thing, congrats to you. <laughs> we wish you well in your endeavors. <laughs> Good luck. Um, I have no idea what that's about, so don't judge me. Willow. We're going to get Willow series, which we already knew. 
Um, and that's coming to Disney+. Plus. And then we're getting Indiana Jones 5, which I think we already knew this, but now we know that it's coming July 22nd. It's confirmed with Harrison Ford, and James Mangold is directing. James Mangold, who's a, just a phenomenal director. He directed Logan. He directed, um, what's that movie? Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. He's directed all kinds of great movies. He's re- really one of my favorites. So that should be interesting. Are you excited for another entry into the Indiana Jones portfolio i am and they're labeling this as like his last ride like oh yeah yeah as it should because you know harrison uh, harrison you know he's very protective over his roles you know he's Uh, very protective over indiana jones he's like no one's no one's gonna play them besides (laughs) me um that's why solo was a big deal uh to allow someone to step into that role and yeah, I don't think he wants anyone. I don't know. Is Shia LaBeouf returning for this uh, this movie? I don't understand. <laughs> I guess not, but I'd be all for it, man. Me too. I'd be so, I'd be so for it. Shia, in all capacities, I'm, I'm here for it. Please. Okay. Now for the big ones. We're moving into Star Wars and Marvel land, and holy smokes, guys, is there a lot. Okay? Here we go. We are getting not one but two series that are spinning off of the Mandalorian. And this, they didn't even talk about the Boba Fett series at all, which is already filming. So I don't even know why they were like, oh yeah, we're not going to talk about that because that's already happening. So that's, right. a, that's a Mandalorian spinoff as well. But the two new series are a series called Rangers of the New Republic, which sounds cool. And we've already gotten a little bit of a taste of that in the Mandalorian with like, those two X-Wing fighter pilots who like kind of try to arrest him, but then end up saving him from that giant spider thing in that one episode. Yes. Um, and then also uh, Cara Dune is like some sort of sheriff of the new Republic in that town on Tatooine. Right. So. And so it's funny because you can see that they're still present in the story, but they're kind of backed off uh, similar to um uh, you could call it Grey's Anatomy and Station 19, where they still have some characters, because everyone that listens to our podcast watches those shows. Uh, they, they kind of, they're mixing them a little bit just to give you a taste to get you to watch the other one. Yeah, you're exactly right on that. Yeah, so that's that's good, because like that's how a spinoff should be. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, that character was cool. I want to learn more about that. And then the other one is Ahsoka, which oh. is about Ahsoka Tano, and it stars Rosaria Dawson. I had a sneaking suspicion this was coming um, because like, okay, Mandalorian spoilers for the next like couple seconds here as me and Kirk talk through this, but her, her only being in that one episode or like two episodes or whatever, it was like, no, (laughs) you don't cast Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka to only give us that. Like there's, there's more here. So, I'm excited about that. And both of those series will take place during the same time as The Mandalorian is happening. So they are true spinoffs. Dude, she's perfect. I think Rosario, Rosario Dawson had a rough start to her career. Um, she was just like... That's fair. She was new and she had an interesting look. And so that's why she kept getting cast. But really, I don't think she really settled into her career uh, until much later. And we're seeing like just the the prime of her career right now in, in all of these different action superhero fantasy roles. And I think she's going to kill this role. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I love Ahsoka Tano. I am so stoked. And all the more reason for all of you people, Kirk included, 
um, who haven't watched the Clone Wars to do that because it's awesome. It's true. No, no shame. No shame. No shame whatsoever. I'm still not all the way through the Clone Wars, um, so I need to get caught up. More series. Speaking of Clone Wars, let's talk about the Bad Batch. So the Bad Batch is a Clone Wars spinoff that is animated, just like the Clone Wars. And that will be coming, that's based on like this group of people that come up in the most recent season of Clone Wars that just came out, which I have not seen. So I don't know anything about that, but I will soon. And it looks really cool. Um, Here's one that I'm stoked about. Diego Luna is coming back for a Cassian Andor series called Andor. And that's coming to Disney Plus on in 2022. And that thing looks awesome. It does. Yeah. What what a delight we get to visit uh, the people that were you know they they saved they saved us they gave us the blueprints for the Death Star so they yes all, spoiler alert in Rogue One everyone dies <laughs> so we get to follow this, these characters around I'm stoked that was tough man with Rogue One because Rogue One was so good it was mm-hmm. just so good like Gareth Edwards did did such an amazing job with that movie and it just really felt like. I mean, you compare it to everything that came out after the original movies, it's, it might be the best one that came out, and it was just, it was so great. And so, so then to get to the end of that movie and know all those guys were gone, it's just like, ugh, yeah. brutal. So the fact that we're getting this prequel, and we've known about this for a little while, but now it's like for real happening, and Diego Luna is a fantastic actor, this is just going to be great. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is really interesting. Star Wars Visions, which is going to be a series of Star Wars shorts that are animated in a Japanese anime style by Japanese animators. So that'll be really slick. Um, There's a Lando Calrissian series that's in early stages of development just called Lando. I don't know which Lando we're getting. I don't know if we're getting... (laughs) Certainly not Billy D. Williams. Please don't. (laughs) <laughs> maybe Donald Glover, but maybe not. Maybe maybe it's something new. Maybe both. Maybe it's uh, Lynn. <laughs> oh, it's like maybe season it's... three of True Detective. They just flash back and forth. <laughs> Billy D is like uh, under interrogation. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. I got all yes. these things to do. Do you know who I am? Back in the <laughs> Republic days and the Empire was fighting me. And then yeah, yes. Danny Glover. Oh, Donald Glover, not Dan- Danny Donald Glover. Glover. <laughs> yeah, and then Danny Glover comes in and just gets wild. <laughs> it's just like Moonlight. They have like three phases of the life, and they're all happening at the same... Man, I don't know. Could, I think, could get wild. I think we just gave them their storyline. Hopefully, Yeah, breaking news, Kirk and I are actually show running that, so <laughs> sorry, we spoiled it, <laughs> but that's the show concept. Um, there's a series coming called The Acolyte, which is a mystery thriller in the Star Wars universe that um, kind of centers around the High Republic era of the galaxy far, far away and like the rise of the dark side. So that's really interesting. Sounds cool. Um, a droid story, which is like a special effects type movie that is about a new droid that's being guided by R2-D2 and C-3PO. So that sounds fun. Cool. There is the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie that has been confirmed, but though we know nothing about it, they're just saying like it's a totally new flavor on Star Wars, which he gave us a totally new flavor on Thor, and it was much appreciated. It was amazing, so that's exciting. And then 
Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman fame, who's a fantastic director, is directing a movie with the, perhaps the coolest name ever. It's called Rogue Squadron, which is just epic. And it's about fighter pilots, and it's supposed to come out around holiday 2023, which just seems like it's going to be sweet. Yes, that's a long way away. It's long so far. Away. I know. Like it's You get excited about these things, and then you realize it's like, two years from now, three years from now. And it's like, yeah. Oh, like what will happen between now and then? Not, none of us know. And finally, Kirk, the big news, the big whopper. Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader in the Kenobi series. Oh man. It, it's going to be mind blowing. I have such mixed feelings about this because I don't like him, but it's such a good <laughs> movie. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but it's such a good move, you know? Yes, um, it is. And, you know, he's going to have very limited face acting time because he is Darth Vader, you know, in, in, in the timeline. Yeah, this sure. Is after he's been sliced and diced. Uh, right. From, uh, from Mustafar or, or Mustafar. Yeah, Mustafar. You... Mustafar, yeah. So the and the series has been announced as Obi-Wan Kenobi is the title of the series versus Kenobi versus Obi-Wan, which was rumored. And uh, all oh, I Oh, it's think... Obi-Wan Kenobi now. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi on, oh, on, oh, on the okay. prince. Yeah. And then what the only thing I can think of, which is one of my favorite little snippets, is if you uh, we shared it on social in a comment. Um, if there's this moment in Family Guy where they're talking about father-son relationships, and then they cut over to like the Force ghosts of someone's dad, and then Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi Force ghost is there, Yoda Force ghost is there, and then all of a sudden they pan out just a little bit and they go, "Hi, I'm Hayden Christensen." <laughs> <laughs> it's so just like when they added him into the into Return of the Jedi later on, like it's so good. I just I want to see what this looks like. It could be better because his face will mostly be covered. So let's see what happens. Yeah, you and you and McGregor, who is like one of our favorite people on this planet, he's just the best. He was like one of the. He said something to the effect of like one of the greatest gifts of this new series is that it brought me and Hayden back together. <laughs> just like I melted into a puddle on the floor. I was like, you guys are the best. I will. I will die for you. I will go to the ends of the earth for your bromance. Like yes. <laughs> oh man, that such big news. Such it's big huge. News. It's huge, especially because we're getting Darth Vader. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's Darth Vader. Monumental. It's gonna be. He's the guy. He's the best. Okay. Enough nerding out about Star Wars. Let's nerd out about Marvel, shall Let's we? Do it. Who finished out the show with bringing the thunder? Okay. We got a new WandaVision trailer. We got a trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has a March nineteenth release date. So that is close. That's yes. right around the corner, man. We we can make it. Um. We got a Loki trailer with Owen Wilson, yes, <laughs> which is awesome, and that's coming May 2021, so that's two months we get, or starting in January 15th, which is like literally a month away, we'll get mm -hmm. WandaVision followed immediately by Falcon and the Winter Soldier, found, followed immediately by Loki, and then that will be followed by What If, which is the animated series where they kind of like mess with time and different timelines and things like that to give us all these alternate scenarios. This was our first look at that show and that looked cool. 
Yeah, you had. There's a comic that isn't. Isn't it also the What If series? Yeah, there's the a com- there's a comic. Yeah, and you've read some of those, right? I've read some. Yeah, they're really cool. They're and really when you cool. were when you were going when you first discovered them and you were going through them, it was so exciting. And seeing this uh, animated on a screen because I can't read, it's super exciting to to see in in action. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be, I think, even cooler than I thought. So I'm stoked about that. Um, And then the last show, I believe the last MCU series that we're getting in 2021 is going to be Miss Marvel, starring newcomer Iman Vellani, who we already knew about. We talked about on the show, but she was confirmed. Her casting was confirmed. Um. They talked about She-Hulk. They confirmed the Tatiana Maslany casting. And they dropped this little nugget that Tim Roth is coming back as Abomination. What were your thoughts on that, Kirk? Um, not a big fan of when he was introduced into the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. But I love Tim Roth. Um, me too. If you've ever seen Lie to Me, the TV show, and he is in Reservoir Dogs, not Reservation Dogs. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's just, he's a force to be reckoned with. I I love, I love him. So I'm glad he's coming back. I hope they fix his character for this. It would be cool if they redesigned Abomination too. Yeah. I just think in general, he just looked pretty blah in that movie. I don't know. You know, in that time frame in, in film, it was like, use as much CGI as possible. And then, you know, JJ Abrams came to the game and he's like, guys, that stuff doesn't hold up, and he really told people practical effects as much as, much as you can yeah. until there's really enough technology. Uh, so I, I want to see more Tim Roth than I want to see Abomination. I agree. I agree. Um, oh, yeah, and then Mark Ruffalo, I think kind of as we would expect, is going to appear in that show as well, though it remains to be seen kind of how much that will be. Right. Um, they talked about the Hawkeye series and confirmed the Haley Steinfeld casting. They showed her in costume as Kate Bishop, which if you've been trolling around Twitter the last few days, there have been leaks and set photos and things like that of her and Jeremy Renner and that precious little golden retriever dog that she's <laughs> carrying around with her. It's amazing. Yep. Um, she looks great as Kate Bishop. Very excited about that. Um, they announced that Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, the Legend of the Ten Rings, is uh, wrapped, and that'll be in theaters July 9th, which is very exciting, of, of 2021, so that's coming next year. That could be the first, would that be the first Marvel film? Like, do we know where Black Widow is in life Black anymore? Widow is May 7th. Okay, gotcha. May, so that's yeah, back, back. So we're gonna have We're going to have all these, like, Cameron, I'm so stressed out. We'll have to watch all of these because there's so many opportunities for them to interlock. They will. They will. No, and, you have to stay on top oh. of it. I think you have to, I think, I think if you walk into one of these Marvel theatrical releases, having not been caught up on all the shows, you will miss something. I really that's do think not so. Good. That's not good. Can I have someone pay me to watch all these? Because I, I, I won't need... pay you, but I'll be really mean to you and force you to watch them. <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, that's good. That's just Does verbal abuse work? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll just talk about it in therapy and that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, July 9th. So that comes out only two months after Black Widow then. Nice. Ant-Man 3 now has a title, which is Ant-Man Quantumania, <laughs> which sounds <laughs> awesome. Yes. Um, Peyton Reed is back directing that. He's done a fantastic job with the first two films. Um, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer are all returning. Um, Catherine Newton is going to be 
playing Cassie Lang, older Cassie Lang. So if you've watched Big Little Lies, she played Reese Witherspoon's daughter. Yep. And she's also in that new Vince Vaughn horror movie called Freaky. So mm-hmm. she's sort of an up-and-comer. And they confirmed the amazing Jonathan Majors will be joining as Kang the Conqueror, which I cannot wait for. Um, so that's exciting. Very cool. Next confirmation of something we already knew, Academy Award-winning actor Christian Bale is joining the cast of Thor Love and Thunder. He is playing the villain, which I'm bummed about, but I get it. No, no, His no. We talked villain about name cam. is Gore the God Butcher. Yeah, which is weird, but... <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> but we talked about this. Christian Bale could be the next big bad. He won't be. Have you seen this guy, Gore the God Butcher? No. He's hideous. I'm. I'm I don't even know how they're going to pull this off. I'm, well, I don't you know. know. Christian Bale, the master shapeshifter. Of course, they would make him that guy because you know that's what he does. Maybe, maybe Kang the Conqueror will like recruit him, and they'll like. He'll be like the Ronin to to Jonathan Majors Kang or so. I don't know. They need. I, I don't want just one movie with this guy. Cameron, I don't think we will. I think we will have a multi uh, a multiverse of madness, and he will return in random timelines. Uh, that's how we. That's how he becomes the big bad. Done. Potentially, potentially, we'll see. I'm skeptical though. <laughs> um, and Thor: Love and Thunder is currently scheduled for May 6, 2022. So a year after, almost exactly a year after Black Widow. It's too uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which we were we just said multiverse of madness that comes out March twenty fifth, so twenty twenty two, which is before Thor: Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. and that one is starring uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, obviously Elizabeth Olsen, who is Scarlet Witch, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and newcomer Sochi Gomez, who has been cast as America Chavez, which was sort of like she got cast in this movie and we knew it and everybody speculated that she would be America Chavez, but now it's confirmed. That's right. So, and they did confirm that this Sam Raimi directed edition of Dr. Strange will tie in directly with WandaVision and Spider-Man three, which does not have a title yet. Nuts. Because we know Dr. Strange is in Spider-Man three. Yes. Okay. Captain Marvel two is confirmed with Nia DaCosta directing, which we already knew. Brie Larson is in it. Also, Iman Vellani, our Miss Marvel, will be appearing and co-starring in that movie. So that's mm-hmm. big news. And then Tiana Paris is joining the cast as the older version of Miss Monica Rambo. So that's really exciting. Lieutenant Trouble. Um, yes. And Tiana Paris will also be in WandaVision. So we will actually get intro to Monica Rambo prior to Captain Marvel 2. Dude. Dude, you remember when there were people, actors who passed up on taking on Marvel roles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad <Lols>. move. <laughs> totally bad move. <laughs> like, it wouldn't matter. They'd be like, hey, you want to play this big, ugly thing? Nobody will ever see your face, and you'll just be like this big, ugly monster hero guy. I'd be like, yep, sign, sign me up. Yeah. Oh, it's by basically the way, what Vin Diesel did. <laughs> yes. By the way, you're going to appear in like six different iterations of this for the next 30 years. So yeah. c- congratulations. We'll pay you just crap loads of money. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, even if they weren't paying well at the beginning, because I know there were, was speculation on that, like, they would because now because they're just yeah. going to reintroduce people and, and bring up new storylines. Like these people haven't made. It's so exciting. They do. Um, so Captain Marvel two comes to theaters November eleventh, twenty twenty two. Now for some new info on the Marvel side, we got some new nuggets. 
they are doing a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will be coming to Disney Plus holiday 2022, which is just before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out. That's going to be incredible. Written and directed by James Gunn also. Um, they're doing Baby Groot shorts in a show called I Am Groot, which will be adorable so and good. incredible. Um, Armor Wars is, is a series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, unfortunately, not starring Robert Downey Jr., but in fact starring Don Cheadle as Rhodey slash War Machine. Boo! <laughs> yeah. How is War Machine still alive, dude? Like, how, of all the characters that have left the MCU now or died, how is it that we're still, we still have him? He should have died in Civil War when he was shot yeah. down in the battle. That was the perfect time. It would have been a great story arc. Everyone would have been happy, but they just continue to milk it because Don Cheadle is either great in a role or terrible, and he's terrible in this role. Yeah, I don't like him in this role very much. It's not my favorite. That's not Come my on. favorite. But Armor Wars might be cool because that's a cool story um, in the comics, and it could be really cool. Yeah, we'll see. Another comic classic that they're bringing to life via a Disney Plus series is Secret Invasion, which will star Samuel L. Jackson, obviously, as Nick Fury, and Ben Mendelsohn will return as Talos. Solid. Who is that That scroll, like the scroll leader guy. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. They're doing an Ironheart series, which will be really slick. Ironheart's one of the newer heroes. Um, she's like a, a genius inventor, basically similar to Tony Stark, who creates like armor that is like the most advanced since Tony Stark's Iron Man armor. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Riri Williams is the name of the inventor, and she'll be portrayed by Dominique Thorne. Then they confirmed Fantastic Four, which is ginormous. I, I think people probably don't... If you if you like are a casual Marvel fan and you don't read the comics and stuff, or like you didn't watch the old shows or what have you, like you, you might think that Fantastic Four is kind of a joke because they've had some terrible movies made about them, but they are seriously awesome, and this is going to be incredible. Yeah, this is their chance to fix, finally fix the Fantastic Four. Uh, what's really funny is that Chris Evans played in the original film as the Human Torch. Of course, he's Captain. <laughs> he should America. just play the Human. Th- he should just play the Human Torch now that he's not Captain America anymore. Right. Well, they. Well, now they had Michael B. Jordan play the Human Torch uh, in one of the the most recent one with him and um, oh gosh, the the rest of the terrible Miles cast. Teller and um, yep. Rooney, which one? Rooney, which sister? Uh, no, not Rooney. It was uh, what's Kara? Uh, Kate Mara? Mara. Kate Mara. Kate Mara. <laughs> I'm getting them yeah. all mixed up, but yeah. So like, and then of course he, uh, Jordan, uh, Michael B. Jordan went on to be, of course, Killmonger. Uh, so it's like it's just riddled with just like mistakes <laughs> <laughs> and like trying to redeem themselves later. So uh, I really, really, really hope they nail this with. Hopefully, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. That's the that's the fan casting. That's that's what everybody wants. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, and then uh, uh, Emily Blunt would be Susan. She would, yes. she would be Sue Storm. So it'd be could perfect. Be it'd be so perfect. Could be, could be pretty sick. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so that's very exciting. The other news that Kevin Feige released, they did like a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, and they announced that uh, T'Challa will not be recast, that you know, they're moving on from that and that'll be Chadwick's character. 
I, I don't really want to talk much about this just because it feels weird, but like I don't know if that means that they're going to have a new Black Panther in Black Panther 2 or if they're just going to go in a totally different direction or what. I don't know what they're going to do, but they basically said they're not recasting that character. So yeah, um, that's, that's really a nice gesture. And I think it is, it's his character, and he made a huge impression with that character, so that's how it should be. Yeah, there has to be other character. There, I mean, you know, there just must be other superheroes that came out of Wakanda or that helped partner with him in Wakanda. Yeah, so for sure. They, they have to be going that direction. Uh, so, which that's exciting. It's a good move. We will see what happens. No doubt. <sighs> Kirk, we made Guys. it. <clears throat> we made it. That's all the Disney news. If there's Disney news we missed, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got I think we got all of it or at least most of it. If this isn't all of it, they have a serious problem. Well, there's a there's bunch just of Nat, too much. There's a bunch of Nat Geo stuff we didn't go into. Oh, like don't even ESPN. talk about Nat Geo. There's a one Tom in. Brady documentary series and fart noise. Nobody cares. <laughs> um but before we stop talking about Marvel, we have to go into something that was not talked about at the Disney investor meeting, but is definitely being talked about in the Twitter sphere, which is, okay, so it was kind of talked about the Disney investor meeting. Kevin Feige did reveal that Spider-Man 3 is moving along and that they will explore the multiverse. Now, here's what's happening in the real world, Kirk, and mm -hmm. I know that you know this, but our listeners, it's getting freaking wild. You and I were on this podcast a few weeks ago talking about are they going to do some sort of like Spider-Verse live action? What is it like? There were all these rumors about Tobey Maguire and, and Andrew Garfield and Kirsten Dunst. Like there were all these things floating around and it was like, surely this cannot be so, but it is so Kirk. It's <laughs> actually like, listen to this. Andrew Garfield confirmed by Collider. He is in, he's signed on. It's done. He's in it. He is in it. Tobey Maguire is in discussions, according to Collider. Kirsten Dunst, confirmed, signed, done deal. Emma Stone is still in rumored phase, but that's probably going to happen because if Andrew Garfield is back, I mean, I know she she died in the second one, right? Yeah, they kill they, they kill Gwen. They just got to back up the timeline when they see them. No big deal. Solved. Yeah, they can definitely solve that. Jamie Foxx, we already knew, was confirmed. Alfred Molina is confirmed to return as Doc Ock, which was the best villain from the original series. Yep. And now this is from a slightly less re reputable source, not from Collider. But there is rumor from Murphy's Multiverse, who they're actually pretty accurate with this kind of stuff overall, okay. that Charlie Cox, Daredevil, will appear. Yes! Which there was that big like save Daredevil campaign going on because uh, Disney finally got the rights back to it from Netflix. And so yeah. everybody was like, don't recast Daredevil. Give us Charlie Cox. That show was awesome. And it might have worked or it was already in the works the whole time. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't have made a difference because he was, he's just so, so good. Uh, he, he's also in um, one of his like, I guess, film debuts was uh, The Theory of Everything with Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Huffman. Yes. Like it's, it's, yes. It's so, he's so wonderful and I just want him to win everything. He doesn't get enough credit as well. Bring it on. 
bring it on. It'd be such a good deal because they're in Hell's Kitchen all the time. It's the perfect mix. So bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Daredevil all day, every day. I want to be yeah, Daredevil so, for Halloween. I can't dude, say I'm like, enough about Daredevil. Daredevil. I'm, getting giddy, I'm getting really giddy about this movie like a little like a little child because like I rewatched The Amazing Spider-Man the other day because I'm so stoked about this. Like, Are they really going to open up the multiverse and tap into all of those old movies and bring all of those Spider-Mans together? Like, yes. I just cannot believe that this is real life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all of our dreams come true. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're the perfect, like, age range. I mean, I don't know. Is there a better fitted age range? Like, you could have, like, our parents who, no. who read the original comics. But, like, I don't know. Are they are they all in on these like we are? And then you have kids who will probably not – most of them probably won't read the comics. But then there's us who are, are the hybrid. We had the most amazing ser- uh, animated series as we grew up. And, and I, I don't know. I just feel like we're in the best position. It's such a gift to us. This, this was time. a gift. This is a gift to us. Yeah. This is like they could have written our names on it. Like this is – Kirk, I've watched the Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1 and 2 so many freaking times, dude. Yeah. The DVD of Spider-Man 1 got so scratched up from running over and over again that I had to buy a new one. Like real I talk. Remember- my my dad, his company got a uh, a special. Uh, this is such an amazing memory. Uh, he, he got a special pre-release uh, viewing before Spider-Man came to theaters. So I saw it in the theaters at a private screening. I got a Spider-Man shirt. I got yes. to leave school early to go see this. It was in St. Louis. I, I'll never forget it. I I love those movies so much. Yeah, and also we know that Doctor Strange is in this movie. Yes. So we know that there's more going down. Like, is Venom going to be up in here? Like, are they bringing Tom Hardy Venom? Are they bringing, are they going to, dude, Miles Morales? Yes. Are we going to get Miles Morales? Like, this almost has to be where you introduce Miles Morales. Does it not? The only way that you move past Thanos is by unlocking all of this stuff to just blow our minds and make the world that much bigger. Because... Having Thanos introduced it in all of that was like whoa! Like we have here's here's a couple of aliens, here's a couple of not you know Thor with the nine realms. Oh, Thanos is just going planet to planet and just like wiping people out. Okay, and he's going to kill everybody. But now that we're that's the only that's the next place to go. It's perfect. It's it, they're so brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't stop. I can't stop. I am so excited. I am like I am so freaking jazzed, dude. The the fact when I saw this stuff getting confirmed, I had this legit like reread i was like is this really from collider is this really from a reputable is is this could this possibly be real and then there were like pictures of toby mcguire at like a costume fitting in new york and there's like pictures of andrew garfield on set i'm like what is happening it's just it is just mind-blowing it's just absolutely mind-blowing and i'm so excited it's gonna be delightful it's going to be incredible okay Sorry we nerded out about that, but that had to be said, and that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's reset the energy. Okay. Oh. We, need to get, we need to get our film critic hats on instead of oh. our fanboy hats. Oh, right? yes. Yes. Let's get our film mm, hats yes. on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me drink this cup with my mm. pinky up now. I will talk like this if you're going to be down like that. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm Let's going do to this. do the rest of my review <laughs> in this voice. Stay tuned. Oh, that's terrible. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. 
Okay, Mank. Mank. We're talking Mank. We're talking Mank. All right. Mank. I'm going to synopsis it, Kirk. I believe it's my turn. Go right ahead. Okay, this is a little bit tricky. Things get meta. I need you guys to track with me. We're an hour 30 in. All right. We're, it's late. It's getting late here. Right, we got to stay together. Okay. Oh, I'm slap happy. Yeah, definitely. So Mank is directed by David Fincher, starring Gary Oldman as Herman J. Mankiewicz. And it takes place in the late 1930s, early 1940s, during the creation of the cinematic masterpiece Citizen Kane by Orson Welles. And basically what it tells is Herman Mankiewicz was the Academy Award-winning screenwriter on that film. And it talks. It, the whole story is him making that movie and flashing back to the things that helped inspire that movie and sort of like telling the story of his life and sort of how it folds into the movie. Because, so, if you've seen Citizen Kane, the, the movie is fiction, but it is very closely based on a real-life person named William Randolph... Hearst, and he was like a media tycoon and movie guy, and it it is like he, Herman Mankiewicz had this very tenuous relationship with him. He like they were friends, but he like hated everything that he stood for, and so that was the inspiration to the movie. And so like when Citizen Kane got released, there was like all this drama, like people like protesting it. There was like there was like legal debates going on about if the film should even be released like theaters were boycotting it nobody would distribute it like it was very very like scandalous yeah. <laughs> there was there was a lot going on there and so this sort of delves into everything leading up to that and why the movie was made the way that it was makes sense all of it all of it makes sense cool <laughs> other things about this movie it is shot and it was shot, so what's really interesting is it was, it was shot in 8K, like highest resolution possible, but it was only shot in black and white. No, no um, color version of this film exists anywhere on the planet. And then they, after they filmed it, degraded the quality of it over time to make it look like it was a period movie. Like it actually came out during the 1930s. So it has that look to it. Brilliant. And it's available on Netflix if you want to watch it. Yes. All right, let's delve into it. Let's go with, and the Oscar goes to, I am giving my Oscar to one of my favorite method actors of all time, Mr. Gary Oldman, Academy Award winner Gary Oldman, who uh, is our leading man in this movie, plays Herman Mankiewicz. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I thought he, it, you know, it, it's like hard to even say how good he was. Uh, so Herman Mankiewicz as a character is a man of many vices. He's an alcoholic. He's a gambler. He has this obsession with just like being right. It's almost like, it's almost like a foil to Citizen Kane where like Charles Foster Kane, like that whole movie is all about like how he wants love and like the love of the people, the love of the people around him. Like he wants to be loved by everyone. It's almost like Herman Mankiewicz in this like, somewhat fictional retelling of this real story is he's like Charles Foster Kane, only he wants to be right. That's all mm -hmm. he wants. Like he wants to be right. He wants to be 
the one who's on the right side of history, who's on the right side of the argument. He wants to be right. And I just think that um, as a character study, Gary Oldman, I mean, as well as David Fincher and David Fincher's dad, who actually um, wrote this movie and it's being released after his death, which is interesting. Um, they created a really cool character study and a really consistent character who was really intricately uh, laid out. And I think Gary Oldman was the perfect person to bring it to life and did a fantastic job. I expect so, to see him nominated for an Oscar. He's so good. And he just won for the darkest hour. Um, was yes. That, was that last year? I think it was two, two years ago. I don't even remember. It was the year that Dunkirk came out because the darkest hour and Dunkirk both came out the same year. I think it was 2018. Okay. Well, he deserved it then. Um, I am going to pick Amanda Seyfried. Ooh, I like actor. this pick. Yeah, this uh, Amanda Seyfried, you know, mostly from Mean Girls. She's done dozens and dozens of other projects since then. Um, I've seen some of those, um, but they all kind of fell flat for me. Um, I don't know. when When this... When she opens up in this movie, when they, when they uh, finally get to her character, you don't see Amanda Seyfried at all. Yes, that's so true. all. And she is consistent throughout. I thought that at the beginning, I was like, whoa, this is good. She's focused in this scene. And then I kept seeing her over and over and over. And man, she did her work. Her accent was consistent. Her mannerisms were consistently unique and totally related directly to her character, her physicality consistent unique it was off the charts uh it, it's not one of those things where it's not like oh this is the best they've ever done it was that plus it was a really really well-rounded performance and i i hope that we see more of this uh as opposed to her other work maybe she just needed the right part to get her that way or the right director but slam dunk i mean to see free yeah, I I agree, and that's I think it's a really good call, and that's why she's my scene stealer, uh, Amanda Seyfried. I, this was a performance I was not necessarily expecting to be fantastic, but she truly was. Um, you know, to your point, she was. This was a transformative role for her. It really was. It was. It, it you didn't recognize her. She was fantastic. She. The scenes where her and Mank are together are the most captivating scenes in the entire film. And for a movie that sort of needs some human emotional touch, uh, she provides all of it. You know, she, she really does. I think her and maybe Lily Collins' character, um, the she's the stenographer or, or whatever, the, mm -hmm. the typewriter, um, they provide the most human touch in this film, but I think more than anything is uh, Amanda Seyfried. And she plays, um, oh, what's her name in real life? Davies? Uh, is it Davies? What's, what's her first name? Marion. Marion Davies. Mar Marion Davies, who has a really interesting career because Citizen Kane sort of like, sort of ruined her career because yeah. everybody thought that um, that terrible opera singer character uh, was based on her when, you know, I think Orson Welles and Mank would tell you that it wasn't. So um, Orson Welles went on to become really good friends with her. So it's it's an interesting, it, she's a really interesting piece to this puzzle. And I thought Amanda Seyfried was a great choice and did a fantastic job. 
Who's your scene stealer? Oh, Kurt? it's my turn. Uh, it's so late. I will will give it up to Mr. Gary Oldman or so nice. United. I don't know. Gary Oldman. He should be. He's, he's been in. Oh man, I mean his his track record is phenomenal. Um, you've got Lost in Space. You've got uh, Air Force One. <laughs> you've got Planet of the Wonder- Apes. Planet of the Apes. Uh, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Darkest Hour. Anything with dark, I think he's required to <laughs> act in, actually. Gary Oldman's in contractually, his contractually obligated to be in the movie. His agent actually reached out to every copywriter and said, if you're doing a film that is dark in it, <laughs> Gary Oldman must be uh, cast. So budget that out whenever you film it. Uh, he's he's incredible. He's been around for so long. He, he continues to just reinvent himself and take risks. The moments that I loved him in this movie so much were when he wasn't talking uh, because he talks so much in this movie and that's just the character that's the motivation that's the driving force of this and in the there's just like two maybe three moments where he is not talking and he is listening which is his exact character flaw is that he never listens it is incredible to watch him digest what's going on uh, whether it's an epiphany of what's happening around him or in him, those that's the reason why I picked him as a scene stealer. Um, I feel like we've gotten a little bit of, of this. I said he's unique and, he, and he's, he reinvents himself. I feel like we've gotten a little bit of this same kind of zaniness in other characters that he's played before. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't throw him at the top of the list. But he's still the man still definitely deserves all of his accolades and his best actor win. So Gary Oldman scene stealer. Yeah. Well said, well said for sure. Um, okay. Let's move on to showstopper for me. And maybe this is too broad, but I'm just going to say it. I think the production design and production quality is what did it for me. The cigarette burns on the film that they put in on this movie. The, uh, you know, the fact that you can hear the audio change when they're changing, when they're changing reels, like the score, which was done by the incomparable Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who are absolute geniuses. Um, the fact that they used old microphones, old instruments to make, like they thought of everything to make this movie, um, feel like the late 1930s, early 1940s. This was like. This was such an interesting thing to me because David Fincher is a guy who is, you know, one of my favorite directors, a phenomenal artist and and one of the best that we have, but a guy who's known for projects that are a little bit more cynical in nature and just generally darker and brooding and things like that. And this felt like a real passion project from him. It felt Mm -hmm. like a David Fincher passion project in a David Fincher way, you know, like it wasn't, you know, it's almost like he saw Quentin Tarantino's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and was like, man, I want to write, you know, my love story to Hollywood and do that, uh, which I know isn't the case because this movie has been in the works, you know, for the better part of 20 years. But it, that's what it felt like. And it was so cool to see him in that element because I think it was it was just interesting. And, and the care that he took with making this a true period piece and making it really reflect the period is extraordinarily admirable and it's why he's one of the best in the biz. Excellent. Excellent. My showstopper, I have to pick the allusions to citizen Kane. Um, Yeah, dude. 
obviously this is this couldn't happen this film this story couldn't happen with the journey that was uh riding up to citizen kane but they they put pieces uh of the movie so perfectly it's they're not slamming you over the head with it um where they're like ah rosebud you know they're (laughs) they're not doing that (laughs) They had every opportunity to. Rosebud's almost an afterthought of a conversation in this film, in, in the in the script. And uh-huh. I thought that was brilliant. And just those tiny illusions, the way they were executed, there weren't too many. There weren't too few. I just, I, bravo to, to the to the screenwriter. Of course, it was uh, uh, David Fincher's father. Like how, how he was, how you have David Fincher and his father, that they were able to be this team that did this uh, even even after his death. Like, that's that's just too much creativity in one family, and I, I don't agree with it at all. Uh, I would like to take some, please, for me and my and mine. Uh, so that's definitely my showstopper. Those illusions uh, throughout were really great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I, I loved that. I actually watched Citizen Kane the night before to get ready for it, um, which I think is the way to do it. I think you watch Citizen Kane first, and then you watch. Uh, even if you've seen Citizen Kane, I think it's good to like watch it and have it fresh in your mind, and then watch Mank because I think it just makes it more impactful. Um, yeah, great call. Um, okay, director shoes. <laughs> I mean, uh, this this is hard to explain, but I think it really is just that like it's he almost got lost in the sauce a little bit on this movie. Like, what's the point, David? Is it, like, what are you trying to get at? I think with Citizen Kane, it's like there's a point and there's a great arc and you get to the end and you're like, ah, you know, everybody, it's interpretive, but you know, you, you arrive somewhere with this movie. You don't really arrive anywhere, you know, like it's a great story. And, and to me, it was really captivating. I suspect that for some others, it wouldn't be, you know, like if you don't have a love or an interest in old Hollywood or how movies get made, or if you don't, if you're just not into that stuff, I don't know that you'd be particularly interested in this movie because like I said, like there's not too much of a human touch. The the main character, actually very much like Charles Foster Kane, um, Herman Mankiewicz, is is hard to like. He's flawed. He's got issues. You like some things about him, but then you're like, ah, this this isn't a great guy. So it's like it's hard to feel emotionally connected to this movie. And so I think that's that's the only area that I would really say it falls flat because technically I think it's spectacular, a, a spectacular achievement. But it just needed, it just needed more purpose, more heart, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Heart, heart in the story, I should say, not heart put into the production, because there was plenty right. of that. Right, right, right. Uh, that rings true to me as well. Uh, I felt disconnected to the characters. You know, you're following them on this journey, and you just really want you really want someone to just like, ah, like really get you, like really just pull your heart out of your chest, uh, alien style, you know, and there's something to pop out and talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was waiting for as with any movie, unless it's strictly a comedy. That's where I was excited of those moments of stillness where Gary Oldman just was just reacting. And I wanted more of those. There weren't enough throughout because the, the, there was so much dialogue that had to happen. And I think that was uh, 100% the disconnect I, because when you look at it, it should have the same effect as Citizen Kane because Citizen Kane, you have the, the basically uh, uh, his childhood innocence is lost as it progresses. And then he's like, oh, 
oh, that's what I've been chasing. That's what I'm missing. That's why I'm so frustrated. And then you have the opposite. You have, we start with Mank, where he's already kind of frustrated, not knowing what he wants, and and he he finds his way back uh, in a, in a in a healthier way. So it, it's kind of cool uh, if you think of like the musical last five years. The timelines are just completely opposite. That's kind of how I felt here, and I think that they had yeah. just the same opportunity to create that heart uh, with like a with the left hook there that we didn't see. So I'm right on board with you. Same director shoes. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Let's score this movie. I'm excited to hear these scores. So here's what I'll say. Um, I think I'll probably be a little higher on my score than the average bear. So if, if you're somebody who you're listening to this review and you're like, eh, it doesn't really sound like my taste. It's probably not. It's probably not because I think it just is like kind of, it focuses on a very specific subset that you just like kind of have to be interested in. Like you have to be interested in Citizen Kane. You have to be interested in old Hollywood. Like that stuff has to interest you. Otherwise you're going to be asleep halfway through. It's just, that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. But for me being interested in that stuff and really enjoying Citizen Kane and what it represents in film, um, I thought this movie was great. I mean, I, I think, he did some really clever things to make this movie sort of a foil to Citizen Kane and to make his characters, you know, foils to the characters that we see in Citizen Kane. I thought that was really interesting. Um, obviously, the cinematography is stellar. They used a lot of the same camera tricks that um, Orson Welles and his cinematographer, whose name I can't remember at the moment, used. Um, they used... You know, the production is just second to none. They, they did an incredible job. It's a shame that we couldn't view it in theaters because I think that would be a better experience. But um, it'd be hard to put black marks on the production of this movie because it really is well put together. Um, but I think what it comes down to is it does have flaws. And those flaws are that, you know, it, it just doesn't have much of a point to it. And you get to the end and you can be like, okay, what are we here for? What, what did we get out of this other than just a story, a portrait pick, what have you? Um, all of that said, I loved the subject matter and I was captivated by it. So for me, it's a 9.2 and it's one of the best movies I've seen all year. That's a big one. <clears throat> that is a big one. Um, I got to the end of this movie <clears throat> and I, Felt emotionally lost, um, but it was very pretty. The acting was very well done, um, mostly by, I would say, uh, obviously Gary Oldman and any, any of the female actors. Uh, I got to say, yeah. the <laughs> sorry, boys, uh, you kind of you slacked off, but how do you even come close to Gary Oldman if he's in the lead? So you got to do your homework, kids. Come on. Uh, I would say that mine's a little bit lower, but not to discount the film, uh, might give this 7.6 kernels out of 10. All right. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair score. Um, yeah, so now for everybody, but if you want to check it out, check it out on Netflix. I, I do think this is one that is one to watch for in award season, especially um, this year where it's kind of weird and there's not as many releases and so there will be less competition. I think this is one to keep an eye on. So check out Mank, but before you do, make sure you watch Citizen Kane. It's something that Everybody should see it's a milestone, you know, it's a landmark movie in modern cinema and it's something that, you know, it, this movie will be totally lost on you if you haven't seen Citizen <laughs> Kane, so that's an absolute must. Yes. All right, Kirk. So, let's do a quick schoolyard pick. We'll do it really quick and we'll just cuz we went through a lot of info on the Disney Investor Day stuff. 
But let's do a schoolyard pick of best things coming out of Disney Investor Day. Okay, we only have 6,000 options, so this should be really simple. Okay, yeah, yeah, and you're first. You're first. <laughs> Easy. Hayden Christensen, Darth Vader. That's Obi-Wan number Kenobi. one? Oh, wow. <laughs> you're really fired up for that. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Got it. That's awesome. I love it. I think it's a great choice. Um, okay, so I, my first pick. I'm going to go with Fantastic Four. I'm, st- okay. I'm stoked about Fantastic Four. I think for me, what it comes down to is that those characters will get a chance, a real chance to shine, and hopefully we get Mr. Von Doom in the picture and we get Dr. Doom, who is one of the best villains of all time in the mix. That would be awesome. Listen, I don't want that series to fail, but if it does... There's no coming back from it. Like no, just can, kill it, burn it. Then they can only if they ever make another one, it needs to be intentionally bad. Like it, it, this is their <laughs> last chance. I'm done. I'm done with the Fantastic Four if they don't get it right. <laughs> I agree. Uh, what's your second pick? Oh, you froze. No Skype. We made it this far. We've come this far, Skype. Why do you have to turn on us? Hey Kirk, you you were you're just oh. now back. You're back. Oh good, I'm back now. Okay, good. Okay, you can hear me? Yes, I can. I can hear you. Okay, great. My next pick is Christian Bale <laughs> in the cast of Thor, Love and Thunder. Boom. Yes, as Gore. Boom roasted. Because that's not confusing. He's playing Gore and Thor. <laughs> Gore versus Thor. They should just call it that. I don't understand. <laughs> Gore no versus yeah, Thor good. versus Gore. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that's and it's like two. actually Easy. it's Al Gore. Like Christian Bale's playing <laughs> Al Gore. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, that one was going to be on my list. That was going to be on my list. Um, Stole it. I'm gonna go with. I'm actually gonna go with Encanto that Pixar movie that's based in Colombia because it's got Lin-Manuel Miranda music in it and it's Latin music and in the Heights is some of the best Latin music that I've ever heard in my entire life. And so I know that's just going to be a total banger and I cannot wait. Beautiful. Uh, that, I was going to pick that one. Um, I mean, I guess I'll go with the Kardashian Jenners if I, no, I'm just Oh kidding. my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> no, I would never, I would never not gun to my head, not doing it. Uh, I'm going to go John Mulaney, Andy Samberg, Seth Rogen, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Wow. That like a whole lot of fun. That's a good pick. That's, that that actually is like kind of one of the low-key surprise winners of, of the night. Like something that catches your eye and you're like, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's out of the ordinary. It's people that everyone loves. Uh, it, it's just going to be so great. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, give me... The Ahsoka, Ahsoka show. I can't wait for that. It's going to okay. be awesome. She's such an awesome character. And to have a whole TV series, live action, about a Jedi, um, uh, yes, please. It's going to be great. I will take Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear in Lightyear. Yeah, I All knew you were going to take that one. <laughs> that that I like debated picking it, but I was like, I want to get Ahsoka in before Kirk picks it, so that's fine. Whatevs. Touche. <laughs> All right, so now I'm on number four. Was that your fourth pick? I think so. 
Was that your fourth pick? What I have you so. picked so far? I don't remember. <laughs> you picked. Oh, we're so bad at this. We do this every time. <laughs> I need a whiteboard. You know, we need an assistant to take track of these. Like, read that back, please. What were my? What were my? So choices? you picked. You've picked Christian Bale. Yep, I picked. Hayden you've Christensen. picked Hayden Christensen. I picked Chip and Dale. And then yeah, and then this one. Okay, so okay. I'm on four. You're on. Four. I'm on four. Okay, I will take. Hmm, this is tricky. This is where it gets tricky. I will take the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie because that's going to be awesome. Mm. It's probably like five years away. (laughs) I'm so excited (laughs) for it. In 2025. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right, your last one. This is difficult. I will take in this long, long list. You know what? I have been posting pictures of this all week long. I have have so many questions. I need to see what this is about. It's so creative. I'm going with WandaVision from Marvel. Yes. Yes. Good call. I have, I'm going to get like the yarn on the bulletin board and try to figure out what the differences of those pictures <laughs> all before January 15th. I just, it, it's so good. All those different vignettes that they're doing uh, of different eras are so creative and so spot on. And I can't wait for January 15th. Thank goodness it's first because if it was later, I don't know that I can handle it. It's that'd be too far away. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm very excited for that one. All right. My final pick I'm actually going to go with Ant-Man Quantumania. I think that title is awesome. I think it means it's going to be super fun. I think the fact that King the Conqueror is in the fold is going to be great. Gives Paul Rudd a real chance to be in the spotlight, which he was in Endgame, but like even more so now. I think it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. All right. Let us know. Now that you've heard our full rundown of all of the Disney Investor Day news, let us know. Um, in the comments, either on YouTube or on social, what you're looking most forward to and what is exciting to you. We got lots of exciting things coming up. I believe that our next episode should be around 1218. It might be the week of Christmas because we might want to review my Rainey's Black Bottom. I don't know. I think we might. I think we might. And that comes out on the 18th. So then that would actually be like two and a half weeks. We might do like a Tuesday, like the 22nd release. I don't know. We'll do something like that. But that'll probably be our last episode of the year. So 2020, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Be gone. You're the worst. I think 2021 will still suck at the beginning. But hey, at least 2020 is over almost. When we're all vaccinated, there's going to be so many, uh, what what do the kids call them? Uh, Ragers. Uh, Ragers. Yes, I'm going to be raging into so many different. I'm going to wander into Ragers like, hey. I'm going to make yeah, sure just to friends. see people. Oh, it's going to be great. It's I'm probably going to get kidnapped and I don't know. You'll have to find a new co-host if that happens. Cause that's dangerous. But anyways, yeah, I'm so excited to get out of and here. And next week we'll, or next episode, we'll have to do schoolyard pick of Christmas movies. Cause we actually didn't do that last year. So that's going to have what? to happen. Uh, we did star Wars movies instead. Cause it was right around the time that star Wars came out. Um, that was one year ago. That's crazy. I know. I know. We're getting we're getting old. This podcast is blooming into a a, a beautiful child now. We're seniors now. We're seniors in the <laughs> podcast game. Yeah, in the podcast game, we're old as a mug. 
was we're like super old. If we had seasons, this would be like season four because most people <laughs> don't just keep going. They like say we're going to go this time to this time, and we're no. crazy. You see, we we're never old stop. School. Yes, we filled we an entire stop. theater for Star Wars. Uh, we sure did. Exciting. We sure did. It was awesome. It was the highlight of our career, and then 2020 ruined everything. We were going to do bigger things this year, Kirk. We were yes. going to do big, ginormous things, and yet here we are, you know, miles apart, doing this virtual crap. Yes, it's whatever. Anyway, no, not enough about that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We've got lots of exciting stuff coming for you. We can't wait for next episode when we do Square Pick of Christmas movies. We do maybe Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We'll see. Until then, hit us up on social. Let us know what you think about all this crazy movie news. And we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. And as always, a special thanks to the people who created our original music, which is by Rhetoric. We will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Talk to you then.